What is your definition of creativity? Can you be creative in business? We are all creative, aren't we? In my conversations with business owners, charity leaders, artists and innovators, I ask all these questions and more. Have a listen. They're fascinating, inspiring and sometimes entertaining. Join me, Jacqueline Goddard. Enjoy. Well, welcome to my podcast, Atticus Arts Creative Conversations, today with Joseph Jaffe. Uh, and I have to say, Joseph, you are half the reason, most of the reason that I'm actually here doing this podcast, but we'll get on to that. But Joseph Jaffe... I just want to know, I just want to know, I want to know which half though. Oh, I get... <laughs> which half? Which the the good half, half or the bad half? <laughs> The good half, definitely, definitely. Uh, so Joseph, you have, and I've obviously looked into this, you are a thought leader, a speaker, an author of five books, including uh, Flip the Funnel, uh, Built to Suck and Zero, but also an innovator, an entrepreneur, an admiral, a TV producer, and the cantor at your local temple. So yes, are all and, of us. And most of those titles are self-proclaimed. So, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the one advantage of being a consultant or, a, you know, or a, an entrepreneur. You get to make up your own titles and write your own uh, resume or CV. Um, so that's the one thing I learned when I went out on my own. I would always be sitting in the audience and, and hearing these intros to these people going, wow, this must be the most fascinating per- person in the whole world until I wrote my own one. And then they would always introduce me as one of the most sought after speakers, consultants, thought leaders. And I'm like, I want to meet that guy. Wait a second. I am that guy. So that's yeah, what is the this power that of creativity. Absolutely. Which is, yes, the reason we hear create, create your own future. It's that, that whole kind of thing of, of uh, is it fake it to make it, you know, you put it out there and it will, it will come. You, uh, it, it, just, it's, by by the way, there's there's an interesting contrast between that, right? There's the fake it till you make it. There's the visualize the outcome, and 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 I think the answer is somewhere in between, right? Because you don't want to, you have to stay positive. You have to be confident. You have to visualize an outcome. Even when I think about Corona TV, you you've you've got to kind of have that clear. Um, it, it's actually the advice I give a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs. I say, you know. of the advice that you get, you should take it to heart and execute it to the letter of the law, you know, dot every dot on every I, every cross on every T. And 50% of the advice you should reject, politely thank them for their advice, but but stay in your reality distortion field. And 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 the real art, and it is an art, you know, is the ability to discern when to stay in the reality distortion field uh, and when to you know, kind of heed someone's advice. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, it's not always easy. If, if there was a very clear um, way to discern when to stay true to your, to your, you know, fake it till you make it, or when to be able to kind of adapt or pivot, um, everyone would be successful. Yeah, that's very true. But, you know, in terms of the, the top half or the bottom half, which half were, were in, inspired me, we met at a, um, well, we've only met ever virtually, haven't we, in a, in a room with, uh, you are the media with the wonderful Mark Masters. And I remember back in the day actually going to a venue and having those, those lunch clubs, whereas now they are, they're, they're this global thing that has, has developed. So listening to you but, but, that day was, was quite inspiring. But really. you, know, you know what, there's, 
there's there's an interesting there's another c word that you know that lives with within the idea of content and it's and the word is really consistency and you know what i've realized through this process is i was thinking this morning as i was brushing my teeth um you know if someone asked me well you know do i have any regrets and regrets with 2020 or regrets with corona tv and i and i suppose i i would say my you know my regret if any is that I didn't start Corona TV last year or the year before or five years before because I would be five years ahead of schedule or, or into the future. But at the same time, can you imagine someone in a year's time starting their show going, I just wish I'd started it in quarantine or in 2020 when I had the time. So, you know, it's, it's consistency on two fronts, right? It's consistency in terms of creating some kind of a formula, some kind of a, a process, some kind of a repeatable, you know, um, solution or, or offering. But there's also consistency in terms of readers, viewers, listeners, in terms of their ability to depend on that content or rely on that content or, or you know, expect and then consume something that, that conforms to that expectation. And, um, and so I think consistency is, is, is key. You know, it, it, sometimes, it, you know, they say it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think that might be true. And I think there might be a version of that. It's maybe it should be, it's not what you say or even how you say it, but it's, it's how consistent you are in saying it that makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as I say, the just in terms of of what I was putting out there before before lockdown that was was hardly anything so now I am becoming consistent and that's you know that's that's great and it's it's beginning to it's beginning to to work so that would be fantastic and um, where did where did you come from to get to this point what was it back in because I know you're from South Africa give us a little bit of background of you know what was the schoolboy Joseph Jaffe like? Were you a creative being then? Were you sort of, did you know where you wanted to go, who you wanted to be? I mean, the, the, the schoolboy was probably quite a naughty boy, I would say. <laughs> um, lazy. Um, you know, I, I think I knew I was smart, but, but I was lazy. I didn't take advantage um, of that moment. Um, I... I remember actually, funnily enough, I was out playing pool for tequila, you know, when I, you know, I guess when I got a tequila bought by the loser the night before my finals in my, you know, in my senior year, um, because I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Um, it, it's, it's a long story, but I mean, I, I, man, I, I fell off a wall, believe it or not. I fell off a wall, broke my arm, my shoulder and my elbow in like about 20 places had, steel rods and pins and wires put in and ended up just scraping into university um, because my grades were very average, slightly above average, but I made it by the, I literally got enough points by to the point to get into, into, um, into college, into, into uh, university. Um, but it wasn't until maybe in my middle of, I'll skip some of the boring details in the middle, but it was in my second year that I did a principles of marketing course um, that had just clicked for me. And I was like, this is what I was meant to do. This is, this was, this is me. And that's when 
you know, I never, uh, I, I pretty much every single grade from third and fourth year at university was, was um, a first, was a first class grade, top of the class, class medals. I mean, I just, I just came into my own because I'd found my passion and, and I was able to then, you know, apply myself. And, um, and I think it's a, it, it's a lesson. It's certainly a lesson. It was a lesson for me, which is you've got to find your passion. You've got to find your lane. And that's when it seems like all the shackles and obstacles get, get removed. So, you know, when I look back at my school year, of course, I wish I'd apply myself more. And now as a parent, I want to push my kids to apply themselves more, but I have to realize that they just haven't found, you know, it's like, it's like a kid. They, some kids talk later, some kids talk earlier, some kids walk earlier, some kids walk later, but they all eventually find their way and they've, and they all, there is an equalization and a normalization. Uh, and then everyone, it's almost like I think of a bow tie. I think of everything in bow ties, like in Slipper Funnel in my book, bow tie. But so we all start off disparate, right? We all come together at some point and then we all fan out again. Um, and and a, those are interesting three phase approach, you know, to development, but also to application and, 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 um, and talent, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I was, I was probably fortunate that I didn't get into more trouble as a kid. Um, you know, uh, I, I've said to my, my kids as well now that, um, you know, you want to make the good kinds of mistakes in life. The good kinds of mistakes are the ones that you don't regret for the rest of your life. You know, that aren't on your permanent record. The good kinds of mistakes, <clears throat> excuse me, the good kinds of mistakes are the ones that you learn from. Uh, and the good kinds of mistakes are not only the ones that you learn from, but that you never make again. Um, and, and that's how, that's how you live a life, I suppose, without any regret. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to come on to risk-taking later because I think that risk-taking and creativity kind of go together a little bit. But I just want to come back to the marketing. What was it about marketing? Which part of marketing clicked for you? Was it the visual or was it the, the kind of the, the words or what was it within marketing? I, I, I don't actually know what, the, what that why marketing but but i think it does um it, you know at the same time we were also learning principles of finance so principles of marketing principles of finance i knew it wasn't finance so sometimes to determine you know i often say that um sometimes the easiest way to find find out who you are or what you want to do is is to it's process of elimination it's cross off the stuff that you know you hate and don't want to do in order to find what you love and want to do. Um, so it works both ways. Sometimes it's just clear and it's like, this is me. This is what I was meant to do. And other times, well, I know what I don't want to do. It's that stuff. So let me, let me, let me go left at the fork in the road instead of right. Um, in many respects, it does come down to whether someone is left brain or right brain. But I think, you know, marketing has so many things in built into it, creativity, um, you know, sales, um, uh, you know, we all advertising, um, ironically, I've become a bit of a advertising uh, antagonist or dissident in terms of, you know, my first book was called Life After the 30 Second Spot. But, but it is, it is that, that beautiful microcosm of what a 30 second spot could be, the ability to break through the clutter, the ability to engage, to surprise and delight, to, you know, the original 
uh, roles of advertising to inform, persuade, and remind. I actually rewrote those in my first book. I said, no, the real roles are to demonstrate, to involve, and to empower. I felt like advertising could evolve. Um, but but there, was, there was a really great mix, I think, of strategy, which is, is core to who I am, even before the creative aspect, and then the creative aspect secondarily for me. You know, so whether it was the four Ps or segmenting, targeting, positioning, or, you know, just really understanding the structure, the, the method behind the madness, that it wasn't just taglines and jingles, that there was a lot of thinking behind it. And, you know, um, Regis McKenna wrote a white paper saying marketing is everything. I truly believe, you know, Peter Drucker has said as well, right, that, that, that marketing and innovation are the only two real value added, you know, uh, aspects of business. Everything else is just an expense. Of course, marketing has become anything but today. Marketing has almost become relegated and, <clears throat> you know, on one hand synonymous with just advertising, but to rediscover the, the, the uh, wonderful potential of marketing has always been, I've always felt like this theory was alive and evolving or could be. I, I didn't really realize at the time that I would become part of that evolution. But I think there was always this belief that this wasn't fixed and carved in stone, that it was a foundation that could be built upon. And, and I'll just tell you a quick anecdote, which is, uh, you know, I learned from Philip Kotler's book, Consumer Behavior, and he was like one of, you know, he wrote the textbook on marketing. When I moved to, so this, you know, I, I was at university in 1989 to 1992. 1997, after working for Nando's Chickenland, uh, I moved to the US. I decided I would go and do an MBA. Really had no clue what I was doing or why I wanted to do an MBA or how to even apply for an MBA. But I happened to go to Chicago for an interview at Kellogg. And the one thing I made it a point to do was to go to one of Philip, one of Philip Kotler's classes. And I sat at the back, I asked for permission and I was just enthralled that here was the guy that I'd learned marketing from, his textbook, giving a lecture. And I went up to him and I said, I'm a huge fan and this and that, and probably thought I was really weird and was, you know, just keeping one eye on the door and calling about to call security. Years go by, 2006, I want to say, maybe 2006, I'm keynoting in Caracas in Venezuela maybe the last time I'll ever go to Venezuela, certainly for an American now. And there are only two keynotes, uh, two keynoters, each is, each is giving a three-hour seminar. One is myself and the other is Philip Kotler. And, and suddenly we're equals. And we spent a glorious like couple of hours just together, you know, in, in, in a bar that they just opened up on the, on the penthouse floor. Just for the two of us, we sat there getting to know one another. And uh, actually yesterday, um, I realized I met him, I think last year um, and did this wonderful one hour interview with him, just like we're doing right now. And I never published it and I'm going to be publishing it over the next month or so. But it's just funny how things just came full circle. And, and, and the thing about Kotler that still just blew, blew me away then, now and, and always is he hasn't stopped learning. He hasn't stopped learning. He is as curious and, and you can see that he's constantly, he's more fascinated in me than I am in him. 
um, he's taking notes um, and he's as provocative and disruptive at, at the age that he is at now than he probably maybe even as if not more so than when he was younger. Yeah. Um, so the, the inspiration just continues to flow through. Yeah. But you, you are quite a disruptor in some ways, aren't you? I mean, from, from what I've seen of what you do, it's you've taken marketing, you have what marketing is and you've kind of disrupted it. You've kind of thrown it up into the air. And where is marketing now, do you think, in terms of COVID, yeah, I, in terms of... I like that. I mean, I like the idea of, um, you know, there's that, uh, it's been attributed to many people. There are those who see things and ask why, and then there are those that see things that could be and ask why not. And I've always loved, um, for me, I have a particular fascination on, on um, you know, blue ocean, on, on, but also undiscovered. I love the idea of being an, an explorer. You know, I mean, I remember when I wrote Life After the 32nd Spot, um, I came up with my 10 bold, you know, energize your brand with a bold mix of alternatives to traditional advertising. So I wrote the book in 2005. Um, I think it was... 2004, I wrote it, it was published in 2005. Well, there were 10 approaches. One of them was, was online, I think I called it, or digital. Okay, you could say that's fine. One of them was search, um, seems, makes sense, you know. One of them was mobile. In fact, I even said, I said, music, mobile, and things that make you go, hmm. Um, I didn't even put mobile in its own category, but I, but I did include mobile. There was no smartphone smartphones hadn't been hadn't been invented yet one of them was consumer generated content uh youtube hadn't been founded yet and one of them was known as communal marketing which are defined as marketing to and through communities social media didn't exist and facebook didn't exist yet so i like that part of it it's 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 not a chest beating statement it's not look how great i am i just i love the idea of invention more, more so than disruption, invention. Like, see, you know, um, the, the thing that I use a lot or I, I use as, a, as a, a lamp post, you know, shining light for myself is what Wayne Gretzky, the, uh, the great, as he was known, the greatest, the great one, the ice hockey player. He always said, uh, um, I never skated to where the puck was. I skated to where the puck was going to be. And, and that's, that's, that's my focus not a futurist, <clears throat> excuse me, not, not a futurist, not interested in chips in the brain and minority report. 12 to 18 months is kind of my sweet spot. And I, I like to, uh, I remember once I was, uh, a presentation was being given and, and uh, Rex Briggs was the guy and he was pointed and everyone was looking at me. He said, no, 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 don't look at me. Look at where, look, don't look at the finger. Look at where the finger's pointing. So that's how I look at it. And, and for me, I was like, wait a second, there's something really interesting, consumer-generated content. What's happening? People are creating content. Production is the new consumption. You can see the trends as they're forming, and you can extrapolate and kind of, you know, just, just take them further, a couple of steps further, and go, what does this mean? What's happening here? Why is this important? Why should you care? Um, where is the world moving towards? But when everyone else then jumps in and... Um, perverts it and dilutes it and bastardizes it, that's when I lose interest and I move on. So that's how, how I kind of look at it. And now I don't know whether that is disruption or per se, maybe it is to a degree. Um, 
but I think it does come back to a fundamental truth about marketing, which is, which is if you're just the same as everyone else, if you're just vanilla, this actually came from one of my interviews. Um, you know, vanilla is the most popular flavor, but no one will drive across town to buy vanilla. So that's the thing. Too many people have survived, too many brands have survived for too long by being vanilla, but that's not enough anymore to survive and thrive. Yeah, but that's what Built to Suck is about. Is, is, is it, it's a, it, those, the, the empires that, that fall, you know, that, that kind of thing that everything comes to an end and the, he the heresy that you talk about when, when people fire themselves or they kind of, you know, they, right. they understand that they're on, they're on that kind of medium average level that if they don't do something that they are going to disappear. And we've seen it over here literally but, but, in the last 24 hours with, with a, a company Debenhams that has been on our high street since, you know, for 200 years. But, and, and Arcadia, they just didn't move on. They didn't move with the times and, and hence they've gone. Yeah, because I mean the the central part of this of the thesis in um, in Built to Suck is is the fact that the very the very thing that um, you know that was responsible for these brands' growth and and you know evolution and um, you know and success, which is size, scale, economies of scale, efficiencies of scale, global networks. Um, used to be a growth enabler, but now it's become a growth inhibitor. Now it's actually killing the company because they've become too big, too slow, too siloed, too political, too dysfunctional, too conservative, too risk averse, essentially slowing down when the world is speeding up. And, and that's the thing. Like when you try and be all things to all people, you end up being nothing to nobody. Um, and so, you know, there's that line from the, the musical Hamilton, which is, you know, if you, you know, uh, if you don't stand for anything, what will you fall for? And the answer is, is everything. And so it doesn't mean that size and scale can't work, but, but it has to be accompanied with some kind of agility or, um, or nimbleness. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily have to, I mean, I suppose it's like, it's not as much about acting faster, but it's about thinking faster. I mean, there has to be some kind of acceleration or compression of, of movement. You know, just like growth itself is not just necessarily about, you know, growing out. It can be growing up. And growing up sometimes means sacrifice or self-sacrifice or compromise or, you know, or maturity or the ability to say, I can't drink as much as I want when I go out. I can't eat as much. I moderation, you know, um, and now today this increasing trend of conscious capitalism and, you know, the fact that companies can still make money, um, but, but they can, but they can do good as well. Um, you know, you asked a question earlier about where is marketing marketing is not in a good place. It, it wasn't coming into 2020. Um, whether you look at certain proxies in terms of, uh, um, you know, quarterly earnings, Wall Street expectations, but specifically the tenure of a CMO, um, this confusion of accountability, measurability with branding, you know, short-term versus long-term. Um, but in 2020, you have a lot of companies that have really even, you know, their voice has become even less relevant from 
we're all in this together to black lives matter to, you know, Hey, we're open again to, you know, it just seems like it's, it's, um, you know, line after line with e even some companies now post election in the U S just coming up with their unity messages that just are tone deaf. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like one of the, the biggest lessons to brands out there is talk and say something when you have something to say, otherwise shut the hell up. It's quite simple, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in, in lockdown, you've obviously created Corona TV and that has been something for you. So do you think that um, to, uh, 2020 has been uh, a year that is going to obviously will go down in history for, <laughs> for the year of the pandemic, but just in terms of what people are producing in their own homes, uh, just having to deal with the problems, problem solving. I mean, it, to me, problem solving is a, a form of creativity. And I think 2020 is, you know, we're going to look back and it's going to be a year, a year of innovation, a year of a, a when technology has had to sort of, you know, keep up and do something different. Um, so with Corona TV, I've heard you say, obviously, when we were in the You Are The Media, that it was uh, something that has been joyful and has been, you know, all, the, all these great things for you. But going forward, are you going to be able to use Corona TV? Is that something that's going to continue out of the, the lockdown? And what have you Yeah, I mean, I'm, well, I'm, I'm all in with Corona TV. I mean, I'm, this is, this is what I was, this is what I was put on this earth to do. This is my calling. This is my purpose. Um, you know, uh, it's been, and on many levels, by the way, I, I barely leave the house, you know, so I barely leave the house. And yet I sit in my, in my home office with my green screen behind me. And every day I get to have a meaningful conversation um, with a meaningful person um, on my show. And then now I'm doing your show. And, and so the loneliness, the isolation in a way has been, I haven't really felt it as much. Um, you know, I, I, you know, my sleep has just been awful during this time. And I don't know whether it's getting older. I'm turning 50 in a few weeks time. I don't know if it's that or if it's the stress or anxiety or whatever, but I'm typically up at five something in the morning. And you know, I used to go downstairs and watch CNN and get outraged at the political climate and what was going on post-election. I'm now like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, kind of, I don't know what to do. I like, what do I do? Like, like, there's no, out, uh, there, there feels like there's less outrage now. Um, but, but, you know, at some point I go and sequester myself and in my office and I don't emerge until 4.30 or 5 or 5.30 in sometimes later in the evening. Uh, but in between has been this thing called Corona TV. Um, it's a, the show is an hour. There's an after show, which is community driven. Um, so suddenly like sometimes I don't say a word on the after show, but the, after show regulars have become not only my friends, but have become each other's friends. And the source of comfort that has come through this community driven um, after show has been spectacular. So, you know, for me, I've had that in my life. Now I'm starting to think, okay, what, is, what does it look like in 2021? Well, one of the things that I'm going to have to practically think about is hopefully. I start traveling again. And, you know, I used to deliver keynotes 
um, around the world, like in Caracas. What happens when I go to Caracas again? Well, I'm not going to Caracas because I probably won't come back. Um, but, but now I have to think about that. And that's great because it's something to think about. Um, so, you know, the thinking is I'll probably start to pre-record interviews. So if I've like, you know, if I've, you let's say are booked to come on my show just February 15th and February 15th, I know I'm going to be traveling. I will experiment at some point to see, hey, wait a second, it might be cool to do the show from the Admirals Club at JFK Airport. Um, but let's pre-record any time between now and the 14th. And that show will go live at the aforementioned time. But that's how I will evolve and how the show will evolve. The other part of it is, is maybe it won't be daily. Maybe it will be weekly. Maybe it will be a best of. Um, and another thing, a little bit of you know, advice to you, because I know you're starting out and I know that I've been able to inspire you along the way, is one of the things I think is important is consistency is key, right? Which we said earlier. But the other thing is you, is be able to forgive yourself and what you will find increasingly so that your community will forgive you too. When you have a bad day, when you have a bad show, when you're not feeling well, you don't have to be a martyr. If you miss a week, if you miss a show, you know, it's okay to ask for forgiveness or to be forgiven. Um, just don't, you know, if that becomes the norm, that's a problem. But for the most part, it's the same thing like giving a presentation. You mess up, you lose your place, you, your notes drop. Don't apologize. You know, don't, 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 you know, beat yourself over it. T you know, take the time, take the silence, take the pause, reboot, you know, start up again. No one will ever look back on that presentation or that show and say, wow, that, you know, her bandwidth was terrible, you know, in show number 162. No one will. How how many shows have you have you done now then in lockdown? How how many episodes have there been of Corona TV? Not sure exactly, but I know that. Let, let me check, and I I would tell you according to um, according to my notes. Um, I will let you know. I know it's it's north of 150. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's it's just been crazy. So let's see. Um, I've got like a little guest list. Uh, today's guest is 100 it says 158 but i think those are 158 guests so if i add yeah those are my guests so if i add um shows like community shows or shows where i've been solo i'm probably at about 175 yeah i mean i've been going every day since like march 14th is that five days a week though not not seven days a week surely i I started, the, the first interview was my sister who lives in London, which was March 29th. Um, I started uh, around about March 14th or March 15th. Um, initially, I was going seven days a week. Um, and, then, and then I stopped. And then I realized that it was, it's not that it was too much because I mean, where was I, where was I going? I was going nowhere. You know, it's like all in, at that point in isolation, self-quarantine. But I just felt like it just didn't feel like something that needed to happen every day. Um, and so, you know, I gave myself the weekend off um, and, and we'll see what happens. That was more of just like a, like, I guess, an internal challenge. 
maybe I call it a masochistic challenge. How many days can I keep it going for until, you know, like what would that streak look like? Yeah. Um, but the week, you know, you can see again, taking shape, right? Monday through Friday, 12 noon Eastern standard time, trying to still have some kind of a business aspect to it because I'm still a marketing person. Um, but I say that the show is about hope, positivity and optimism. And if there's time left over, a little bit of marketing. I've enjoyed getting to know the real people. Yeah. You know, the people behind the title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and from the shows that I've watched, you're very good at promoting other people, just, you know, in whoever they are, you know, they'll send in a name or whatever and, and you'll give them a shout out. So that's obviously part of the ethos that you have for the show as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually feel that uh, a couple of things. One is, um, I feel that I should be able to interview every person on this planet and make them look good. And if I don't, then that's on me, not on them. Um, so so that's, that's my kind of guest relations approach. Um, you know, if someone's on my show, like John Burkhardt came on the show because Mark Master said, you should have John on. It was one of my favorite interviews, John, because I trust Mark. So if I trust Mark, then, then if Mark was on my show, and I like what he's doing with you, the media. And he was great on my show. And he says, you've got to have John. Well, you know, that's all I need. I don't have to go and vet John. And John was just beyond terrific. Yeah. So there's that. And the other thing I'm determined to do, not become, I don't want to become the enemy. I don't want to become, you know, uh, I don't want to become someone who is so self-important or self-inflated the ego is so you know uh driven i don't want i don't want to get middlemen to come in eventually i mean this is a good problem to have i'm praying for this problem but you know whether it's a manager or an agent or pr people that then become gates or controls or obstacles um tell me what i want i, I don't want that i don't want i want to be able to always be approachable, accessible. Um, and that means being able to send a shout out on everyone's birthday and, you know, and just, and, and, and not be, I think the concept of celebrity, you don't, the concept of celebrity is very different to being a celebrity. I'm, I'm not delusional. I'm not a celebrity. I never will be one, but I do have element of celebrity based on, I think everyone has, you have now by virtue of having, an outlet. The minute that you have even one listener or, or, or viewer uh, or audience member that isn't, you know, your mom or your, you know, related to you, um, there is an element of celebrity where someone's perception of you is elevated. Um, and I think that, that, that needs to be always counterbalanced with a really healthy dose of humility, you know? And, and so humility and humanity have got to be overriding forces in everything we do. And that's how I'm looking at this in terms of what, where it goes and what it looks like. I actually think it would be differentiated by doing that, which is, wait a second, like the comments, people have mixed, I, I've had mixed reviews about comments, you know, having the show live, but I like it for now. I mean, it allows me to be very different to anyone else that is established or terrestrial. Yeah, You know, I can continue to work on being a better interviewer and producing a better show, but at the same time, not at two points. One is never forget where you've come from. 
I learned that at Nando's, you know, um, and two is the importance and that is marketing 101 differentiation, you know, find, you know, be able to do your perceptual map or your competitive grid or whatever, or, or don't do that at all, but, but be different and try and be the best in the world at that thing that you are different in or on or about. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. And that's, I mean, that's, please, that would, you know, that's what I'm looking to do is this is like early, early, early steps. So it's building on that and finding something different to do with it. Because as that, you know, that conversation we had at the beginning was what, you know, are there too many people out there doing this kind of thing? So have you... I like, have, I like your board, by the way. Your board is very cool. So I think one of the things with you is, is so here now, I'm a, you know, this is what I'd like to see with your show. Imagine, so now think about show number 100. Think about show number 1,000. Think about what's going to change. The board is, is, is great because the board will always change, right? So I'm like looking at the board and see my name, Corona TV, Creative Conversation, you know, so, so if eventually, you know, that, that board will just always be different. So it's, it's like the Simpsons, right? You watch the start of the Simpsons. There's always something in the opening that's changed or Google's logo. Another thing in your background are the lights, right? The lights can change too, you know? So at the moment, I don't know if you can change the colors, but the color could be interesting. The color, uh, the color could also change based on, you know, the colors of, of your guest, you know, if they're from, you know, the Netherlands, they'd be orange if they're, you know, from, so, so there are little things you can do as well that become part of that overall, you know, package. Yeah. Um, and that's why everyone can be different. And, but ultimately it really comes down to this idea of finding your authentic voice. Yeah. Um, and that's why, like, I think one of the keynotes I'm developing for 2021 is how I reinvented myself during a global pandemic and you can too. Yeah. And that's the key. And it's like, just share, share with as many people as want to hear the message, help as many people, you know, and, and you know what, there's place for all of us, you know, come on in the water's warm. Yeah. And that's so, that. so happy you're doing this. Yeah, no. And that's exactly what came over from, from you. And, you know, when I stayed on for the, the after show was just that, you know, help being of service, putting it out there, just just doing it and just going for it, which is which has been brilliant for me. And um, and you know the message that you're giving is is fantastic. So that is the idea for you now. Then is it for the, the the keynote speaking and getting that message out there when you can get back into a room? Yes, I think I think the idea is is a couple things. One is how, how can Corona TV be embedded into and and actually my my strategy for 2021 is very very simple um number one is corona tv number two is teaching i want to do more of it and number three is speaking um and they really have the same thing in common helping inspiring you know there is a an element of one to many um but but not always executed that way right because the one to many could be a keynote speech okay um but there's also the ability to network with people afterwards Teaching could be also seen as one to many, but increasingly so, um, you know, the better teachers are as much students as they are teachers and create much more uh, discussion-based um, uh, conversations. I forget what it's called. It's not pedagogy. It's, it's another gogy. It's one of the gogies, one of the gogy brothers um, or yeah. siblings. Yeah. Um, I, I, but, but, but that's where it's heading. Um, and, and, then, and then, of course, Corona TV 
in many respects, it could be one-to-one with a guest, but recognizing the many people that are kind of watching it live yeah. and after the fact. So, so I like the idea of how I reinvented myself. I would love to do that exclusively, but I'll still be able to talk about flip the funnel and custom experience and built to suck and innovation, disruption, change. Uh, I might have to, I might be a little bit rusty on the, on, on that stuff, <laughs> but um, I certainly don't have a lack of content to draw no. from now when I think yeah. about all my guests. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and, and if you, and if you think about that, that, that wasn't the, I mean, that couldn't be further from the goal, but now suddenly, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it, Jackie, which is like, I've got, you know, by the end of this year, 200 guests. Yes. And I'm taking notes now. Yeah, so yeah. like, like I didn't at the beginning. So now I, I make sure that in every show, cause you forget that I jot down the seven or eight key takeaways yeah. so that I can keep learning from it and sharing that and tapping into that. I also now, uh, one of the things I started is a community show. Um, so every Friday I'll try for December, January is now up to nine of my previous guests on the show with me. Now, there are interesting things about that. One, I'm trying to, will that, will that have more or less views? Do people enjoy, you know, three thought leaders on or five or four? Like, like how will people react? So that's one. Second is there's less for me to prepare when I've got five guests who each of them are coming with their discussion topics. And the way I did it was, Hey, I don't want to know your topic. Just what's in your mind. You, you know, you are a guest on my show. So you, you must know a thing or two about a thing or two. So, Hey, Jeff, what's, what do you want to talk about today? And he says, well, I read this article and I want to talk about this. Well, I can react to that, but my other guests can too as well, but also is recognizing the community that I've built or building that I now have 200 of these guests that, so it's just the possibilities are endless. And, and, you know, in 2021, um, it's just, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be a great growth year for us all. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm less, I'm less the person that says 2020 has been a glorious year. It hasn't, it sucked on so many levels. Um, you know, it really has sucked. It's been an awful, awful year, uh, for individuals, but it's been a fantastic year for humanity and creating this, this, and, and that insight is not even mine. That came from one of my guests. So there you go. Yeah. You well, know, so, so talking of your guests, I've got to mention before I let you go, um, Tom Morris, who I just love. And I ended up popping up when you interviewed Mark Masters. I don't know if you remember, I ended up popping up in your uh, after party. Uh, and Tom Morris, the uh, public philosopher, was one of the guests, of, well, one of the yeah there in that room. Love Tom. I know. And, 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 and Tom just had his 46th, uh, 46th uh, anniversary, wedding anniversary. And all the other guests on the show and regulars were wishing him happy anniversary on Facebook. And I was looking at this and I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing to see all these real connections that have come out of this, you know, and like, I didn't have to be the host there and moderate that conversation. I could just be like, that's, you know, I'll comment too. And I'll say happy anniversary, but I don't have to be like, you know, that's, that's, it's amazing when you plant something and you see, you know what is sprout it's beautiful yeah. and um yeah and and uh and tom has become a very important person in my life yeah yeah 
I would, he would be a dream guest for me. So if you can, you know, make any connections there, I'd be very happy to have him. I, I can. <laughs> he loves talking. Yeah. <laughs> I, and he's, he's fantastic. I, I love him. Uh, I love him very much. Um, so just before I let you go, this is the last question, because I just want to know what is your definition of creativity? It's a question that I ask all of my guests and I would, I would love your answer. How would you define creativity? I mean, I, I did a, a, a road show years ago called The Battle for the Heart. And the A in heart was, was capitalized as in art and science, heart and, you know, head and heart. And one of the things that I actually did was I looked up the definition or, or many definitions. And one thing, one phrase that I loved was productive originality. Um, originality, doing things different or differently, right? Productivity to get a result. Uh, now, I've said that very deliberately because Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But doing things differently to get a result is the antidote or the solution to insanity. So what you realize is creativity, innovation, ultimately is the solution to, you know, status quo, um, to, you know, to insanity right um and and that's why i love that definition that who would have thunk right that creativity was the the antidote to insanity and it's productive originality when you do things differently when you are truly original and purposeful and meaningful and let's say you know goal driven and outcome driven that to me is the key solution so creativity is the solution yeah no that's amazing i love that definition i'm going to, <laughs> i'm going to use that one i think for yeah and the, and the fact that it's that you say it's the, it's the anecdote to antidote to um to insanity is 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 right it's absolutely right i'm i'm doing some work at the moment for uh, an art therapy charity who are called heart and their a is capitalized as well so that's quite strange that you said that but uh, but yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely I mean, and, I and creativity just in terms of being playful, being innovative, all of those things really is just the, the, the solution to insanity. Yeah, especially in, in these weird times. So I'm going to let you go because I know you are just about to start Corona TV. How, how long have you got before the show? Uh, I have about two and a half hours and I have to like pretty much, I've just set up the show, but now I've got to go and, uh, and get all the uh, show notes and the slides and the visuals and write my seated soliloquy. Every day I write four, 300 to 400, uh, 400 words. I mean, I've never written, I've never, cre I've created more content in 2020 than in my entire life. And I'm a guy that was one of the first bloggers and podcasters and written five books. It's crazy how much, I mean, think about 90 minutes every day. Yeah. Um, and, and I've worked it out, like, because the seated soliloquy is about three minutes and it's about 300 to 350 words. And each show is 90 minutes. So it just it's like, it blows my mind. Well, they get, you know, it, there's a book there, isn't there? A seated soliloquy book. Well, that's, that's the beauty of it, whether it's Corona bites or seated soliloquies or, you know, every day there are more connections. I just started this new thing called a Corona question. So I asked each, you know, the, each week I asked the guests the same question. So, and then I put that together. So you just keep on experimenting. Yeah. And, and, and I think that again, that is, it's, it's that creative thought process. The more you do it, 
the more you become. Yeah. So, you know, it just, and I've, I've been the same in, in during this, all my work as, you know, workshop facilitator just came crashing down when, when this hit. So I've been at home doing a very similar thing. It's just practically writing every day, blogging, you know, yeah, I've learned how to edit. Keep at it. <laughs> oh, oh, thank Don't you so much up. for coming on my show, Joseph. It's been amazing to talk to you. I've just, as, as you've probably guessed, I am a bit of a fan. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be part of your community now, which is marvelous. Well, I, I, I look forward to there. I t- took my green screen off. Um, uh, I, 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 I'm a fan of yours too. You know. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe, follow or like. And if you'd like more information on me or my guests, or would like to know how we could work together, then visit the website, www.atticasarts.com. I'd love to hear from you.